0: Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout. We will rise.
1: I really liked it. I was an, ex- you know, in fairness, it was a slow start for me because my dumbass tried to read this at the same time as Silver Flames. Like, oh, I'll read Blood and Ash during the day while I'm working, and then I'll do Silver Flames at night. And that was just, that was just. Poor, poor timing on my part. But putting Silver Flames aside, it was good. It was really good. And it was funny because I'm thinking everyone's like, it's so spicy, blah, blah, blah. And I go, what's spice? But in fairness, I did just finish Silver Flames.
0: So. And they have, we should point out, the same narrator. So it is difficult to kind of separate, but, uh, Stina Nielsen does a fantastic job of differentiating the voices. So it doesn't sound like the, the same characters. Like I wasn't hearing Nesta and I wasn't hearing Cassian. I was very clearly no. hearing Poppy and Hawk. And that is just a shout out to Stina.
1: She's really, you know, and I think it's easy to, I don't want to say it's easy, but you know, when you're having regular conversations with your friends and you, as a person, go to alter your voice to differentiate your conversation with, oh, I was talking to the, this guy and he goes, oh, blah, 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 and you deepen your voice. That's not what she does. She doesn't. And it's not the same male voice as she did with any of the the boys in Silver Flames. So that was very appreciated. Hawk sounds hot. Cass sounds hot. They're all... They don't like do you but what's the point of writing like an unattractive
0: rail at the same time? Fantasy men hit different. We we know this. We know this. Uh this is Jessica's third fantasy author that she has read. So remember we we know that you came from like contemporary lit and you read Just about all of Sarah's work, Minus Catwoman, But We Don't Know Her, and uh, (laughs) Holly Black, Folk of the Air, and now uh, JLA. So these are three very kind of big authors in the genre. How do you feel about fantasy kind of as a whole before we get started? I love
1: fantasy. I love that it depending on who it is so far, they kind of pull from different things and different myths and folklore and things that we've been taught, shows that we've seen, just like with Sarah in um, in Crescent City, I think uh, I always like when I'm pitching it to like have my friends read, I say it's like supernatural on crack because you have the monsters of the week essentially are all part of that Crescent City. World, And then with Elfheim, it's very, it, it's very what you would think when it comes to Fae. Um, and this is something completely different because you knew there was magic. You have speculations. But I think this was the first time that I wasn't trying to guess, which is, a complete first for me. Usually I'm like, this is what's happening, this is what's going on. This is what I bet is good and you know, when I had the one the one big speculation, I go, I feel like Hawk is this person. Um, that was really the only thing I got to enjoy it. So, oh, and then I figured like Wolven sounds like a werewolf, did not even process the vamp the vampire, the vampire. I don't know how they're vampire. <laughs>
0: That was going to be my question. Like, when did you realize that this was about vampires? I literally, when they said vampire. uh,
1: (laughs) And, you know, I just didn't, I didn't, I, I thought more or less it was magic. And even though magic is involved with vampire and vampires, when she was, even when she was talking to Victor in the garden and she turned around and he had disappeared. And I go... Nobody moves that fast. But I wasn't making the the vampire connection. And even after we find out, every time something was happening, like, oh, when she was dying and taking Castile's blood, I go, oh, now she's vamp. Now she's a vamp. And then he goes, oh, no, you just had a little. And I go, this is totally
0: against everything I've known about vampires thus far, you know? Well, because he's not technically a vampire, He's he just an at- healing Well, he's an Atlantean. That's that's like different.
1: But aren't Atlanteans Vampire? No. Okay, that's that's what maybe where my confusion was. But I even every time he would do something, and then he's like, "Oh, you don't want to do that." After she has had his blood, and she's all like horny for him, and which same girl and. <laughs> And then he's like, you don't want to do that? And I go, Oh, this is the part. If they have sex, that solidifies her vampire, vampirism. And I was like, No, not that. I go, really? This is just throwing me all off, but not in a bad way. It just kept. (laughs) They're like, Okay. Well, now I'm just, I like, I just, I have learned to just go with it, but I'm very excited that you had said don't because originally i was like i'm gonna do from blood and ash before i started throne of glass and you said you're putting off throne of glass you don't because you don't want to get hurt again and you said just do it you're going to regret or you didn't say you're gonna write you said just do it because the third book doesn't come out for a couple months and then you can just go right into it so i finished this and then you said flesh and fire and then we'll go into gilded bones
0: it's so fun uh i remember when i was reading this and and um I I was slowly starting to pick up on things. So, uh, when Poppy and Hawk first meet and in the, uh, the Red Pearl, and, and they're in the room and they're like making out and he's like touching her and doing all the sexy stuff. And she says that she went to like put her tongue over his like teeth and she was like, gosh, his teeth are kind of sharp. And I was like, Mm. and then she was talking (laughs) and then she was talking about how the ascended like don't go out in the daytime uh as Mm. a way to like honor the gods and i was like "Mm." and then hawk Hawk, like moves so fast and you can see in the dark under the willow and i was like all of these things but what is he and then the craven i was like what are the craven what what are they um so when everything kind of like came together and he he kind of like lays out um what the ascension is and what uh, was going to happen to her and everything. And then it was just it was very well done. And like the clues are there throughout, but it's it's easy to kind of get caught up in everything and not like piece everything together. And of course, the absolutely fantastic reveal at the end of the book in the barn uh, when they're trying to escape, and and then he comes out, and he's the Dark One, which is such a great name.
1: And you know, I I will say there was a part I should have highlighted it where he goes. She was talking about the Dark One, and he goes, "I am what you say," and she, that completely in the book, it completely blew over her head. And I go, and I picked it up reading, and go, I knew it, and then. A little bit later, she goes, she was so confused. And he goes, I'm the dark one. I go, bitch, she, he said that. Like, how did you not pick up on it the first time? You just, I, and I get it. Like in that moment, emotions are high. Um, did you pick out these things your
0: first read or was, were they like the flags to you in your first read? Yes, they were. They were the flags to me in my first read uh, because it was, it was just a, details that didn't, Makes sense. Also, I had no idea what to expect when I first read this book. I had no idea what it was about. All I knew is that it was on Book Talk and it was labeled as like, you know, new adult, kind of spicy, like spicy off the bat. I, it's like spicy in chapter two, you know? Um, so I, I was kind of looking for things and then I, I don't know. I, I really like Poppy. I do like her. I like Poppy a lot. I like that she, questions like she's rebellious but also um like guilt-ridden and she doesn't you know she has this this really great internal monologue about how she really like deep down wants to be found unworthy because she doesn't want to be the maiden
1: right i like that the or she just like goes off on victor and or maybe it was hawk where she was just like oh no it was victor because her and hawk had just had the conversation she's like I, I don't want this I don't have choice I don't get to celebrate i don't you know everything that everybody else takes advantage of she goes i just want to be deemed unworthy so i can
0: enjoy my life and she is not old like she's she's pretty young um I'm not sure of her exact age but i think it's between like 16 and 18. I think, well, I thought it was 17
1: because they talk about her doing the Ascension. She's supposed to do the Ascension in a couple of years. And we find out the Ascension is supposed to happen on her 19th birthday. Right. So that's what put me at at 17. And in my head, I wasn't reading her as a young adult. I was definitely picturing her, you know, in her 20s uh, or or like mid to late 20s, even though these books are never mid to late 20s. It's just more relatable for us. I like that she was trained. I love that she, it was, I mean, I guess the parallel is there of not wanting to feel helpless because she was helpless growing up and she, that it, her being trained has helped her get out of the situations that we see her in this book.
0: Well, and helpless growing up, that's a huge plot point of her uh, being scarred and and they say it over and over again that like in the world of the ascended and you know all of that beauty is prized and any kind of flaw is looked down upon and of course she has the the scars on her face and the scars on her thighs and i think her arms and a, a couple other places and she's veiled all the time so she is the maiden so she has to wear the veil that comes down to like under her nose and she has to wear white and it's high collared and it, that would suck like that would suck so bad
1: i mean even trying to have those interpersonal connections and she's not allowed to have any relationship really not even just like romantic relationship just like an individual relationship they wanted to take her they wanted to take Tawny away because they grew too close it's the only friend that she felt like she had that would suck that you were just supposed to be in
0: isolation the whole time And with Tawny, too, uh, Poppy has the whole kind of feeling about how she's not 100% sure that Tawny is her actual, like, friend. Yeah, she makes it a point to say that. She Mm -hmm. goes, is she
1: my friend? I guess it's the closest thing I have to it, but it's not a friend.
0: Mm -hmm. Although, to be fair, I do like Tawny. I do like Tawny. I like like when she would tease her. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay,
1: princess. And even Hawk was like, I like her. I'm like, I like her, too.
0: Uh, Hawk calling her princess is is very, very sexy. Ah, yes. Very sexy and also um, kind of creepy because he is Prince Castile, Denier. We know this. We learn this in the end. And the big betrayal is that he knew who she was in the Red Pearl. He'd been watching her this whole time. So him calling her princess, I mean, I don't think he... I mean, he didn't know that he was going to... like. Married, or like, her. yeah, or like, fall for her and like propose to her and everything, making her a princess when they do get married. That's like what her title would be, right? Um, but he's like teasing her and calling her princess, and and then she loses her virginity to him in a very sexy way, and okay. and and she's so that's kind of one of the scenes that really stood out to me. She's so hurt when she finds out that like he lied and like he says. know tomorrow remember that this was real and then she's she's so betrayed and and the thing that i really like about poppy is when she gets angry she gets incredibly violent you know she stabs people kills people (laughs) she kills people not only does she kill people but like she went off on lord mazine like cuts off his hand cuts off his arm cuts off his head and then just like stabs him
1: Part of that is just like rightfully so, because that is rage that has built up over so often. I mean, clearly he's, you know, even if the physical act of sexual assault hasn't occurred, that uncomfortable feeling where it very well could have at any point, And he knew he could have gotten away with it, which is why the Duchess was like, Yeah, he probably deserved it because she knew she knew the type of person the duke was she knew the type of person the lord the lord was it was just very I was uncomfortable in those scenes and here she is the maiden trying to you know be quote unquote you know respectful and mild and meek and the sacrificial virgin and she was being abused like it feels so bad for her and I like you know what that that was well deserved I didn't even feel like it was graphic at that point and I go. nope, he deserved it. Good for him.
0: And her abuse. It. It, it wasn't like a like a private thing either, because mm. Victor knew, and Tawny knew, the Duchess knew, the guards outside the room knew. Like a lot of people knew, and she had to act like it wasn't happening. And and then the cane. You know. You know that hurts. Oh yeah. So uh, bad.
1: Absolutely. And even like the priestess. Like these. Yeah. Uh, it was just everybody turning a blind eye. And Hawk coming in, like, even though he was undercover, he had no idea why it was the secret thing or what, quote unquote, lessons were. And it's just it was very refreshing to see to see some vindication for her, if not for herself for somebody else standing up for her because
0: nobody else was. Speaking of Hawk. Just, just being wonderful we love we love Hawks so sexy. uh I love when Poppy sneaks out to the rise and starts like shooting Craven with the bow and arrow and then a hawk finds her and they have this like kind of chase through the city. She's trying to get back to the castle and he pins her and then that's the reveal when he's like, I recognize you, obviously. As the girl from the Red Pearl, but also I think he says like, you know, Penelope Lee or the Maiden or Poppy, he he calls her one of her names and she's like, Fuck he knows. Oh, I think he
1: says, I think he says the maiden because he alludes to knowing her from the red pearl or did you not think I knew who you were from the red pearl maiden? And that's when she married the two. Like, oh, he knows both.
0: We love that. And he's like got her pinned up against the wall and she's fighting him and she tries to like kick him in the balls and he like blocks it. It's just really good. And then we get, uh, you know, his one yes. of his fantastic lines is like, um, you know, you're so violent or, or, and also um, what is it? Murderous, you're,
1: litter- you're murderous little creature. Yeah.
0: You're like a stunningly what, like, what is it? What is it? I don't, I don't think I have it. It's like a stunning murderous little creature. It's like, yes, call me that. Someone please call me that. Also, someone please buy me a thigh sheaf. I, I need I need a dagger around my thigh. You
1: absolutely stunning, murderous little
0: creature. Yes. Like, thank you, Hawk. That is really yes. good.
1: I remember I saw that quote before even reading that, and I go, I don't know what, and I messaged you, I go, and it was on a pair of joggers. I can't remember, and I go, I don't know who said this, what book this is from, but I want to be a stunning, murderous little creature. And that's when you said, oh, that's from Blood and Ash. It was, it was so sweet. I, I just, and just all his little innuendos throughout the whole thing. I, I couldn't just pick one. I loved when he goes, you know, next time you're gonna go out fighting, can you just wear? a decent pair of shoes and like a di- like because different shoes are going to be the death of you and that dress is going to be the death of me it's like swoon yes please do men even talk like this i like this tiktok where they said do you like men or do you like men written by female care by female authors i go oh
0: Ooh, yeah mm. so so true um I, I love it and i you know Poppy stabs Hawk a few times. She throws her knife at him a few times. And the thing that I really love about Hawk is that he loves it. And she says, like, you're twisted. Like, this is so indecent. And uh, he he's really into it.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, it turns him on. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's not just a, a casual Jude Cardin thing. Like, this is his kink.
0: Yeah, it, it is very much his kink. And we love that. I don't know. It's just it's one of those kind of different characteristics that you don't see a lot, like a, a really strong, powerful male character, not only loving a strong female character, but like actively like, telling over and over again the character, like, yes, I love it when you do this. It's so hot. Like, fight me with this. It's just... That
1: communication that you yeah. hardly see. And you're you're really good about bringing that up. It's like, where's, where's the communication? Like, he... There is not a doubt in Poppy's mind that he's attracted to her. Whereas, remember, with In Akama, Feyre and Reese, he's still telling her all this stuff. And Feyre's like, "Uh, are you sure? And I think it's nice that he's also so vocal about how he feels about her, even though we know it's... I can't even say it's a ruse, because even everybody working for him, they're like, you know what you're getting yourself into. Like, look at this. This isn't supposed to happen. Like, it wasn't supposed to go down this way. Um, It's so... (sighs) like the Duke and the Lord and everybody else say, oh, she'd be so pretty if she wasn't, if she didn't, if she wasn't scarred, if she wasn't this. And I hated that because I also hate how there's so much um emphasis from these people that beauty has to be physical, like has to be this physical attribute and Hawk, could clearly see like well you that is part of who you are you're just as beautiful with or without them you know and he didn't try to heal old scars when she was taking her blood he didn't try to take away what she had she's beautiful and it's it's also like Rowan and Alan right Rowan sees her scars and embraces them and loves her and it's just she's just so beautiful and i really i really liked that that was driven that it doesn't matter your appearance, you're beautiful to the person you're beautiful for. And I've and you know, it's, it's it's a scar on her face. And unfortunately, like it's not something you can hide unless you're under the veil. But she also doesn't like the veil. You know, it's there there's a lot going on and they just the the Duke and the Lord and really everybody else just kinda of tries to make her feel like shit because for something that wasn't even her fault.
0: Right uh the the duke says like half of you is a masterpiece and half of you is a nightmare and then when hawk becomes her guard after manipulating so many situations to get <laughs> there uh you know so many I mean we love a good planner but damn um he he looks at he looks at Poppy and he says like each half is, is as beautiful as the whole something along those lines. And he says it in front of the Duke kind of is like a fuck you, dude. And mm-hmm. um, Poppy's really touched. And I think Tawny, Tawny is also like, God, he he said that that vow to you and it was real hot. Yeah, Yeah, yeah meanwhile,
1: <laughs> she's like, we've heard the vows and it's the same vow from everybody. But the way he said it, it was like, that is more than a vow. And also when he said the vow. Uh, Poppy even said she, 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 he didn't say everything verbatim. She goes, he said my name. It wasn't, he wasn't protecting the maiden. He was protecting me. And uh, I just, somebody
0: die for me, man. So the name, I remember when I read this the first time, Penelope was a little bit hard for me to swallow, uh, just because I think I was just used to Pen- Penelope, but also the, the thing that really kind of jarred me about this was the real names of places like thrown in with other places. And of course, like Atlantia, all I think of is Atlantis, but that's of not course. what it is. No. You know, and this is this is set in like um Carcidonia and Macedonia. Like Macedonia was a real place. And like, you know, Um it, it really kind of threw me. So I had to look up the map because, you know, I did this on Audible and I was like, oh, okay, the Skotos Mountains. And then something that I caught this time around is they they talk about the Stygian the Stygian Sea or the Stygian Bay and I was like spiders but that's not what it is. It's just it's a name. Not, but it, it was it was just one of those things. Um so we learn that um Cass, Castile, and Hawk, you know, are the are the same person that he is a fallen this is what we know so far. He's a fallen prince of a fallen kingdom from a you know, war, the War of Two Kings 500 years ago. So he's hes an old, he's an old Atlantean. Um, and from that situation, um, the, the the freaking vampires created a religion and to control the people and control a whole kingdom. And it's all based on lies. And I really liked that kind of world building. I wasn't expecting it. And, uh, like, I, I figured that there were vampires. I figured the vampires were the Craven, honestly. Um, when the Craven first showed up, I was like, okay, those are the vampires. But then it's the Ascended are vampires. And that whole situation, I don't know, it, t- it really took me by surprise. <laughs> Do, you know, I, what
1: I like also is that it felt like an effortless world building if you will like it made sense everything pieced together you didn't feel like there was photo dumping things were sprinkled in throughout the book and then at the same time what you think you know you don't till the information comes and even when the information is delivered it doesn't feel um overwhelming it's a lot of information and no wonder poppy's like wait what what is going on and castile is he's saying he goes it's a lot of information because knowing her curious nature he goes you're questioning everything because everything you knew is a lie
0: and like how shitty is that she was already really suspicious about everything and then to have those suspicions not only confirmed but to kind of learn like what what your place was, and like why they were waiting for this big right, and why they were waiting for her, and like the role that she would play and 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 to know really that the entire society is on your shoulders, like you are responsible for this entire society is just huge um oh god
1: it, it's it's just a lot, and then like knowing it wasn't just. You know how things can affect people differently when, okay, here's the big picture. Here's my place and all of that. Yeah, that sucks. But then when you also find out how close it hits home to you, when she finds out it's not just this whole society thing, but what it actually means that her brother has ascended and this person who cared for her when her a queen who cared for her when her parents died what her role is in it. It wasn't just these small play, like these small characters. These are big key players in her life.
0: Yeah. Like her brother is a vampire. Like that's that's <sighs> wild. Like, and, and also like her brother only writes letters. Like he doesn't visit. He only writes letters. And she says like there, there was a gap in between those letters and, and she didn't really understand why, but then we kind of learn that, the ascended have trouble controlling their bloodlust, and when they do that, uh, they can create craven. So, okay, remind me. So, the, they
1: create the craven because they suck too much blood out of a human, right? Yeah. Which what we're traditionally aware is when a vampire sucks too much blood creates another vampire, but that's not the case here.
0: Well, the, well, the craven could uh, they kind of are I, I i feel like they are like like des like de- what's the word like decimated starved okay. like they're starved kind of like rabid like rabid vampires, yeah whereas- like yeah, like hordes okay. of rabid vampires but but they're not alive like they're starving, so uh-huh. they're you can still see like wounds and how they died and and that Um, is kind of the reason why Poppy uses her, her gift, you know, her power to take away pain and everything because she goes out with Victor after craven attacks to, uh, soothe and take away the pain of the families and the victim of craven attacks. Because when you're bitten by a craven, you turn into a craven. So it's like a, it's like a back and forth. And then that's also why. You know, Poppy being chosen by the gods or whatever, like she was attacked by a craven, she was bitten by a craven, and she didn't turn, so that is another kind of
1: oh, this is a sign she's our chosen one, yeah,
0: yeah, she's chosen from the gods, but we have to remember that the that the gods in in this world, the gods are the gods of the Atlanteans, and the ascended kind of just took them and then said like oh they speak to us i you know i was wondering
1: with the duke and the duchess when when they were giving that big speech to the crowd and they were like we we spoke to the gods and they are not pleased to go this is such bullshit even then i knew it was bullshit it just it was all um it was all just like a a, a play that they were performing for the public. It just didn't feel real. It didn't feel it, – it just didn't – something didn't sit right there. I didn't believe that it was a true speaking to the gods the way one speaks to the gods in Throne of Glass. Um, I just – there was something there. I wish I could say this was the moment or this was the line. I just – Maybe it's just starting to become familiar with certain YA or, you know, fantasy that I go, no, that's that's off. That doesn't seem right. Especially when the, the one guy, the, the Tumless family, Tuless. Tulis family, um, they were begging and they go, nope, nope, the gods would not allow. But then this other part of me who's like dealt with HR is very, well, if you make the exception for one, then people are gonna mm-hmm. start arguing, making the exception for well, you made the argument for him. Why aren't you making the you know, why can't you make the exception for me? And things start to spiral really quick. And thinking about politics and running a kingdom, you know, clearly because I have experience. <laughs> How quick things can unravel if you if you start doing that. So I I, I felt bad, but I also knew like she can't she can't do that i want her to but she can't
0: and the Tula's family is kind of a, a big supporting kind of characters in here because they had uh two children that died from mysterious blood diseases which um, now we know yeah now we know is like uncontrolled feeding from from the ascended which is crazy they were babies um but then later on, after you know the big reveal and Poppy's so angry at Castile and everybody else in Castile's—I I don't want to say court because it's not really a court—but like his like band of merry thieves, you know. Yeah. His, his, I just
1: consider them like they—they they were his, They weren't so much her guards. They were his guards, right? Disguised well, as hers.
0: Yeah, we love.
1: We love I like Kieran. That we do. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, we do. I. I... <sighs> I I liked him. He's a little, he's like the best friend. He seems like right now, but Phillips was so smart. I think Phillips was the one who caught on to everything. He goes, something's not right. Please trust me. And she had just slept with Hawk. So she's already like, I don't trust you. I trust this man that I love. I'm not going to trust you. And he goes, something's not right. Kieran, nobody has heard of him. And all of a sudden he's here because Hawk wanted him to be here. And Hawk, all of a sudden went through all the ranks and look how, how old, everybody else is how
0: experienced everybody else is and all of a sudden here's this like hot thing over here kieran i don't know if you've seen fan art of kieran no. but kieran is hot he's he's gorgeous he's absolutely gorgeous all i mean all of the wolven are are pretty hot but kieran we such we, a wolf thing him. yeah we we love kieran
1: are you going to talk about the the scene where he walks in on her in the bathroom
0: <laughs> oh i mean there's so many there's so many scenes like that there's the, kieran
1: I, you know, and again, this is just me coming off of Silver Flames when he's like, "You smell." He goes, "You smell of." He's like, "Oh, you sure you don't want to bathe?" And she goes, "What are you talking about?" He's just like, "You, you, you smell of cast."
0: <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay." Speak, speaking of Kieran, uh, let's let's talk about Miss Willow Collins. And her very smutty, sexy diary. Please. Oh, there was something that, not only with the diary. Remember when the, when the the
1: ladies in wait were in the garden and they were talking about the diary and they're like, I bet she would have written about Hawk, blah, 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 because only the good ones go in her diary. And all like. And then when we find out he's like a million years old, I go, he's definitely in that diary.
0: <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so. It hasn't been addressed, but I really hope so. Um there have been some teasers for uh, the third book and the diary is featured. Um, Oh yeah. So I haven't even, I mean, I've read it. I've read her quotes
1: just because I follow JLA, but I have, I have absolutely zero context. Yeah. So I really, and I know it's probably playing off a lot more. I don't know who the characters are. I know there's a third, obviously we know there's a third love interest, if you will. Um, no.
0: It's Kieran. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's not, it's not like a, it's not a, it's not a love interest. Okay, so th- this, is interest? No, no, th- this, this is a good point. Sex interest? No, no, this is a good point. It's it's mentioned in this book that the Wolven are bonded to an Atlantean, right? Yes. And that Kieran is Hawks bonded like okay. part- like so they're like they're like partners they're they're okay. they're they're bonded so if poppy is to marry hawk then, then
1: he then kieran becomes bonded to her we assume i'm assuming but like what kind of bond exactly <laughs> and how do you is establish like a pl- here? I'm, you know, how at the end of Acomath or we find out like everybody in the court inner circle, um, they p- pledged their fealty to Feyre. Like, is, is that not the type of fealty pledge that
0: Kieran did to Hawk? Uh, it's it's not explicit, but I would say that um, it is safe to say that it won't be a verbal situation. <laughs> Wait. So when I read *Flesh
1: and Fire*, I'm still not going to know, right?
0: I still don't know what this is. It's ex- <laughs> it's explained more in *Flesh and Fire*, like what it actually oh. is and like what it oh. entails, and and there's a lot of teasing about it. I need more banter. I need more. Oh, the banter is just fantastic in this book. It is it is just fantastic. Uh, like a, a plus, a plus, especially with the accent. That Gina Nielsen gives Hawk, it's it's just like I don't know.
1: I'm curious about that process of how if she auditions for the book. I mean, I know every author is different. Like I know for Christina Lauren, they chose Patty Murin for a couple of the books, and it started off with Patty going out to saying like, "I really like this book. Please, can I? If we do an audio recording, I would love to do it." And then depending on how they enjoy. the narrators will bring them back just, um, just like SJM did Elizabeth Evans for all of her books. Um, and then I guess she waited for her to become available again for Crescent City, you know, and plus there was like a nice little gap of time between to differentiate the characters. Um, so I, I I'm intrigued to, I'm, I'm just interested in how that process goes. If she, or was she selected personally or did she have to do okay do character one do character two do character three that would be an interesting just interesting to understand that voiceover process as a narrator
0: do a little research a little background see what we get i want to circle back to the world building and there's a there's a setting in this book that really freaks me out and that's the blood forest the, yeah. blood, the blood forest freaks me the hell out. You know, it's covered in animal bones. The trees are, I picture them as like red maples. I don't know if that's right. But um, the, they like, it's blood. They just like drip blood and stuff. That is so creepy to me. And then you've got the barats, which I think of the, um, I don't remember what they're called, but from the Princess Bride. Uh, the the big uh, the, um, somebody somebody comment what those are called in... Wait, oh like the things in the forest yeah right? yeah that's what I picture them as but I don't remember their name uh, and then we have our very sexy scene in the blood forest where Poppy can't sleep she's cold oh. and Hawk comes up and he like lays behind her and then he starts doing a little touchy touchy feely feely and she has her first like orgasm. Which, like, good on you, Poppy. Good for her. I remember where I was going. I remember my train of thought now. But Kieran is right there. He's right there. And and she's like, oh, you know, she, in her head, she's thinking, like, we're quiet. Like, you know, they're far away. They can't see anything. But, like, later, she realizes that he's a wolven. He can smell better. He can see better. And he can hear better. So, poor Kieran. (laughs) Has to like hear her getting off in the middle of the forest, and he has to like ignore it. And then you know he can hear Hawk like teasing her about this muddy diary. And just, I have a lot of respect for Kieran. I really enjoy him as a character, but I enjoy the way that he interacts with all these other characters. I, I feel
1: bad for every fantasy book where you always have the people who are just have to turn a blind eye and blind ear to everything that they clearly cannot. It's just, it's like as all over again. Just, hey, and, and hey, guys, I'm here. I'm here. And, you know, they did not have a sentient tent. <laughs> it's one of the things that I was thinking. But I think at one point, she was wondering if Hawk had compelled her to be quiet, because she was like, no no sound came out or he covered her mouth or something. I go, oh, that's that's an interesting take and thought process. Maybe, <laughs> you know? Oh, oh. <laughs> and Wendy, she's like, I can't sleep. And he goes,
0: I have an idea. <laughs> Just say, like, I know something that'll make you really relaxed and you'll sleep <laughs> great. It's like, yo. And he didn't, like, obviously he did things, but he didn't actually, like, touch her skin uh, yeah. which, which I mean, like hey. everything was over the clothes. Yeah, it was yeah. Just, it was like time. everything was re- over the clothes. Like really heavy petting It's like nice, nice. <laughs> right? And he, you know, and and he he's good at what he does. Yeah. Obviously, and he didn't, um you know, ask for anything in we return. That. You know, we, we love, love that in a man. <laughs> we 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 love that in a man. Um. So if we go back to the Toulouse family, uh they show up again uh towards the end of this book. Um Mr. Toulouse was going to fucking murder her. Yeah. Uh in the cell like he was going to deliver the blow that would kill her when there's a big uh blow fatal out.
1: Blow. She was ex- she was waiting for
0: it. Right. And and that is because um and and I really like the politics that were in play here. So uh, Castile tells everybody, like, don't touch Poppy. She's off limits, right? But Jericho, and this was a really subtle kind of detail that isn't, that was never actually acknowledged. But Jericho, the person that led kind of like the insurrection uh, when Poppy was in the cells underneath the keep, Jericho was the assassin, I put that in quotes, that attacked Poppy in. Killed Rylan. And killed Rylan. And he hurt Poppy. He like smack. He smacked her or something. She had like a like a bloody lip or something, right? And Hawk says, when he's still Hawk and still her guard says, like, you got hurt. Uh, That will never happen again. And that was another kind of like kind of like click for me. But later, when we meet Jericho again, he's missing a hand. So Castile cut off the hand that that hit her, her. and it's it's not.
1: But Castile wasn't. Who was the person who threw the hand in the crowd? Those just, those just, dude. Those just, just. But just that dude. was, but that was Jericho's hand.
0: No, that Oh, was, I put, I put that as it was Jericho's. No, hand. No, like, that hand was cut off of a Craven from the rise. Yeah, from the rise. Right, just right. like one of the, one of the bodies okay. from the rise. Um, yeah. So, but Castile cut off the hand that hurt Poppy, which. Shouldn't be sexy, but is very sexy. It's so sexy. Or
1: how about Why when they went it so sexy? How about the fact that when they walked into dinner and they had the people who tried to kill her hung, like crucified on the walls, and Jericho was still alive and barely breathing? I, I should not be so
0: happy. I was
1: like, "Yes, bitch, put." I, I just, I there was such satisfaction.
0: We, I, I don't know. We love violent, dark princes. What does that Ugh. say about us? But, damn, and and especially one I, who has fangs and and can drink blood. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to.
1: But he said he heals. She's like, oh, and he goes, "I fed, oh, feed on, feast on me, feed on me, whatever. I don't care. This is this is such a problem."
0: But you know, there there is a fascination. Of course, it has dulled now, but. At one point, vampires were all the rage, right? We had True Blood, we had Vampire Diaries, we had the originals, we had Twilight, like for a very long time.
1: It definitely was something that was around longer than I think anybody expected to, especially what is it, like, eight? and then you still kind of have it trailing off with legacies Mm -hmm. now. I mean, it's not, but everything goes through waves, just like, you know, you have your 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 comics you have your comics you have your um superhero stuff I don't know. That,
0: that's the lack of originality, I guess. But what I find very interesting about this is that it is vampire vampire. I mean they're vampires. And Atlanteans who also have, like have fangs and that is talked about way more in detail in the second book, like about
1: Is it is the detail like the is there is it laid out more the difference? Because I really thought they were one and the same at this point.
0: Yes. Um, Okay. It's how... See, because I went right into Flesh and Fire. I don't remember exactly what Castile tells Poppy when she's, like, all hot and bothered for him when she's recovering after having his blood. I don't remember exactly what he tells her then, but I know that it is explained what happened, how the vampires, vampri, were created, and that it is the Atlanteans fault. Oh it is. That there? that happened. Okay. Um and like the craven and all of that. Like all of that is explained. The Atlantean society is explained. There's like tears and stuff. And like it's it's all very it's all very, very clear, which is interesting. Are you trying not to Merge the two. Uh, yeah, I'm trying not to merge the two because I know that this book ends with uh, Hawk saying or Castile. See, I, I'm doing the same thing that Poppy is doing. Right. She, she inter interchanges uh, Castile and Hawk and Your Highness and, you know, the dark one. Whatever. I
1: love when she says you're high. Like, and you know Your he does highness. too. And he was like, I don't care what you're doing. Just do that again. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, so good. One of my favorite quotes from this book is... Something that Hawk says very early on to Poppy when she's out like doing her adventures and stuff. She, and he says that only the bad can be influenced. Cause she's saying, like, Hawk, you're such a bad influence. He's uh-huh. like, only the bad can be influenced. And I really, really liked that. I like kind of the implications of that. And I kind of like the, the like teasing sexiness of that too. Cause, yeah. it, you know, like if he's a bad influence, then like Poppy's being influenced, so then she's bad. But if that's not the, you know, it, it just, it was. It, I like it. I like it a lot. The play on I, I, his play on words. Let me
1: tell you, Chef's kiss. Like they are top notch.
0: And of course, the very sexy um, snow scene at the end of this book. Um, really unexpected. I think Poppy thought it was very <laughs> unexpected too. Yeah. I mean, it's and
1: I. I have c- snow covering the ground here for. Going on three weeks, so I haven't seen. I don't know what grass looks like anymore. So all I could think of is, this is very cold. (laughs) And she says that too. Yeah, she says it's cold. However, she's also saying like she feels his blood, like she's warm everywhere. Uh, and i mean i'm sure that's for two reasons not just his blood so hey i'm
0: sure the snow feels really good for her right now yeah and she's like the the shock of the snow on her back and then the warmth of castile from the front was just like this overwhelming like sensual experience It was like girl i bet and he Damn. smells of pine and spice it's just like, dark that smells, spice yeah uh, it's like ooh, all, yeah right Ooh. I, you know, I I don't know what it is about fantasy authors making sure that their male characters smell good, but I appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. It,
0: it really helps with the uh the experience of it cuz you know, yes. Very, very good. Very very hot. Uh also very hot scene, snow scene is when um she gets she gets like angry like in the middle of sex she gets very angry with him and she like um like pushes her hips up and tries to like and and flips him over and she's oh, like that yeah and she's like i'm gonna go mm, no i'm gonna stay right where i am. <laughs> i like well that was the part where
1: she was initially under him like they were fighting first they yeah. were fighting initially and then she gets on top and that's because that's the part where she goes your majesty or your highness or something and he goes that that and she does it at the same time she flips him and he goes that right there do i don't care what you do do that again that again
0: and she's really cute and I think um, what she says is something that is not addressed a lot in books uh, at all and kind of isn't really spoken about a lot but she says like I don't know what to do.
1: I like that. I found that very sincere and sweet and innocent. Because for all the quote unquote bad girl influences that she has, she really is naive. She she really is in this bubble, and he's kind of teaching her along the way. And no matter what she's doing, he's completely encouraging of whatever she wants to do. Like, and I I really respected that. He goes, whatever you feel like doing, that is going to be enough for me. That is fine i don't care how you do it um i just i really liked that i thought that was and it, there was um a vulnerable vulnerability there that she shows in being honest with that
0: and he also says like you you can't do it wrong and then he says but you need to start moving otherwise i will die <laughs> and it's just like I I I don't care
1: what you do, just do it right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I love it. I love it's it's very it's very sexy, and I think it's also clear that even though he lied to her and he betrayed her, and uh, choice is a very big kind of overarching theme throughout this book.
1: This seems like a general thing in YA fantasy. Am I wrong? Um,
0: it's not as big as you think it is. That I think that's why it stands out. In, in the books that we have kind of talked about together um, because it's not big. I mean, oh. it's there, right? But it's not in every every book. Um, but, you know, Poppy makes the choice uh, to lose her virginity to Castile. She enjoys being touched when it's her choice. And she doesn't... And, and, and that's kind of something that Castile talks about too. He... He doesn't want to keep her like captive, but she keeps trying to like leave and stuff, <laughs> like fight him and escape and, and, and do all of this stuff. And, um, he, he recognizes that there is a, a conflict there because he obviously, I and mean, obviously has fallen for her. She has fallen for him. But they are at this point very much enemies to lovers, back to enemies, back to like angry sex lovers. Um, which is, which is great. That's what we signed up for. (laughs) Um, we, we love this, but, uh, he, Hawk Castile is very clear. I think in his own head that he has to be careful about, uh, I don't want to say managing her, but, Remembering that she had no choice her entire life in anything, and that it's important for her to feel uh, freedom. But it's
1: hard at the end of this book because, and I mean, it's acknowledged too by both of them, because now she's just she's in a different bedroom, under the same restrictions as she was before. Mm -hmm. and like it's both acknowledged and it's sad because you're like oh well it just feels like a prison transfer at that point Mm -hmm. you know and you know he doesn't want her to feel that way and she's torn with herself because of the information that she has she truly like she loves him feels betrayed by him like you said the back and forth of enemies to lovers of like i can't keep away from him and it's and everybody sees it too just like kieran he knows that they're enemies he she put a dagger in his heart and then he goes so you smell of cats like he's just a- admitting like so do you really hate him like where where is it with you two like he's and definitely in like a, in a in a teasing loving way not in a malicious way at all so it, it's no secret to everybody else what's going on but it's also very th- there's a lot of shit drain in their relationship right now, more or less.
0: Sure, because everybody... And and that goes back to her um, being chosen as the maiden. Chosen as the maiden. Besides Kieran and Castile, everybody else hates her. She is a symbol of this oppressive regime that, you know, wiped out their society.
1: But she really really didn't know, and even Mm -hmm. from the Mr. Toulouse he goes he goes you can't convince me that you just sat there and didn't know and she didn't she had no clue at all what was going on
0: right And, and and she was even and the thing I think that is so um like difficult about that is we know because the book is in her perspective that she was questioning everything and and when Hawk started to talk to her like well why can't the, you know, people that are given to the temples, why can't you ever see them? Like, if this all would go away, if the children given to the temples could visit their families like once a year.
1: was He was asking questions to get her to start thinking of questions, too, like setting that up. I had a question, and I don't know if it'll be explained more, where people say, oh, their kids will, the third child goes to
0: the, to the to be ascended yes the second the second sons and daughters get um go through the right to get ascended because that because that's tawny i think
1: because and i think of this because of the Tullis family because they had the two sons and then the third son was the one that was supposed to go and be ascended or whatever um so i didn't know how many kids everybody was having there's a lot of kids running around you know mm-hmm. have, especially if you have to give the third one to the ascended or do you just stop at two and you don't give a third i i didn't know i mean maybe that's just me looking way too into it to understand the the choosing of the ascended
0: or well it's a it's a source of like population control right like you have these vampires that need to to create the illusion that um, this this uh, structure that they've created is all to please the gods, and then the gods um, gift the ascended with the power to protect the people from the craven. So, like that's like the society structure, and that you have to do all of these things. Or else the gods will be displeased, and then the craven will come and like attack right? And then the children that are given to the temple are are, are just food, right they're they're just they're just food for for the vampires, which is wild kind of when you think about it. just I, I really like the the world structure here. I like that um I like that Poppy has like powers, right? and I like that she understands that they are growing and maturing. And she thinks it's because it's getting close to her time to ascend and that she's unsure about it. And she's not supposed to talk about her powers, but she uses them. And I really like that.
1: I like that she uses them again. She's told you're not supposed to use them. I like that she uses them and she uses them for good. Like she's like, it's almost like a very deep empath. Like she feels what other people are feeling and she just, Wants to take away that pain. I really, I really like her. She's a, and you know what I, I like how she's portrayed. And I know we keep saying this. She's a fighter. She's a lover. She's, she's everything. She's, you know, and you don't have to, oh, I'm this fighter warrior with magic. So that doesn't mean I'm not this soft, caring person either. It's not one or the other when it comes to Poppy. She's all of these things. She's, you know, she's human in a way of, like, how, you know, you're not going to be one way or the other, and I think it's really refreshing compared to, like, other uh female protagonists that we've met.
0: Something else that I really like about this story in general, but, I mean, it's about Poppy, is that um she is initially really repulsed by the thought of drinking Castile's blood like when she's dying, right? He, like, cuts open his wrist, which is what everybody does in vampire movies, and uh, he's, like, drinking, and she's like, uh No! Gross. And then she she uh, smells it and then drinks it. And uh, she's greedy. Like, she, she wants more. And she describes the taste and, like, how she – it was, like, something that she had been missing her whole life and she never realized that she was missing it. And, I mean, it makes her all hot and bothered, but it also, like, makes her feel strong. And, uh, and then, you know, Castile does bite her, um, which she secretly loves, <laughs> Like she she touches it and like whenever she like thinks about it she gets like like, all hot and bothered. Um, so I like this book because it has a lot of like vampire tropes, but you don't really realize it until the end. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that's great. I I really I really enjoyed this book. I just I wasn't expecting vampires. I wasn't expecting a complex like society structure. Um, and I was very pleasantly surprised. And of course. Um, Flesh and Fire was my favorite new read of 2020. So I'm excited to dive into that as well.
1: I like that when she does suck his blood and then she's and there's another moment where it's just Poppy and Castile and she's trying to lure him and he's like, please don't do this to me. Like, I'm trying to be really good, even though you think I'm a piece of shit right now. Like, this is really, really hard. Like the control. Like, how much do we love and he doesn't in that moment. He doesn't. I was I was actually kind of... I was happy, but I was sad because I wanted more Hawk.
0: Of course, we know that there is fantastic fan art of, of The Castillo. Dominique
1: Wesson one is my favorite one. I've just kind of had him up on the screen while I've been reading
0: to keep flashing back to him. So, so hot. Uh, something that I feel is important to mention is that Poppy... In a lot of this was a so there's like three main criticisms about this book. I'll go into it. Uh, the first one is that Poppy is not a skinny girl. She mentions it a few times within the book, but she is like athletic and sl- I would say like above average.
1: She's not like the slender Faye that is usually portrayed in a Mm -hmm. fantasy.
0: Right. And um, a lot of the fan art that's out there initially portrayed her as as thin. And uh, the fans had to kind of speak up and say, like, no, you know, she is she's strong. She has been like sheltered and um, she eats a lot. She says like over and over that she eats a lot. Um, and she's
1: all about the bread and cheese. Cause girls same.
0: Yeah, no, she's all, she's all about it. And then she trains and she can use like heavy weapons. Um, and, and she climbs things and, you know, she shoots the bow and arrow. So she's, she's got, uh, she's got a lot of like muscle on her frame. And so the, the fans really stepped up and now the fan art is a little bit more, um, accurate about her. And we love that.
1: Is there a particular artist that you feel depicts in your mind Poppy the best
0: physically? I can't think of anything off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, I've seen the one. And I remember when I started reading, because I was thinking of the mask initially, and I was thinking of like from chapters one or two, I go, is this what she's wearing? And it was like her and a veil and all this stuff. She'd go, no, she's at the Red Pearl. She wouldn't. That is the maiden nobody's supposed to know the maiden is there
0: yeah yeah it's different um so yeah poppy's um body i guess is the the first criticism the second and the third are how tawny and the wolven are portrayed as i'm gonna say black but it's it's not quite clear it's like dark brown like chocolate you know the the words that writers use and how Tawny is basically like a, like a lady's maid to the maiden oh. and how um, Kieran is like bonded to his to Castile and like the race difference and how that's not great I think yeah. it's important to acknowledge that and put it out there we are aware of that Uh, but has the author acknowledged? You know, I'm not sure if JLA has acknowledged it, but I know that there are people very angry about that and people that can speak on it better than I certainly can. So if you are interested in following up about the race depictions in this book, then I would recommend kind of just doing your own Google search and doing your own research about it because it's not something that I have any expertise to speak on. So... I'm going to refer everybody to do their own research about it. But it's important to acknowledge that that is a a major criticism of this series.
1: I didn't even pick up on... I didn't even have a visual. I think part of it's because I didn't have a visual for Tawny and the Wolven. I didn't have one at all. I knew Hawk. I knew Poppy. That was it. I didn't have a, a face to go with anything.
0: And also the name Tawny... And then her being of a darker skin color is kind of – it's like, did you have to, like, you know, like, really? But it's a criticism that's out there. We've acknowledged it. We're not experts. Please do your own research. But moving on from there, overall, what do you think about this, Jess?
1: I'm ready for a reread. I really liked it. Um, I look forward to the next one. I think it's going to be just as exciting, if not more so. I feel like that's typically – how fantasy builds that every time I think the first book is good and then another book comes along I go, this is so much better um but I hey if the first book is good then you know and it's only up from there let's have at it I just I'm also kind of sad that it's only two books so far even though I know we're getting a third one very soon
0: the like first chapter or so of the third book is out there um
1: Yeah, so, okay, because I'm not somebody who will spoil the book for myself. Is the setup, just like the end of Blood and Ash, goes right into the beginning of Kingdom of Flesh and Fire? Yes. Is the chapter, first chapter of the third book, pick up right where the end of the second book?
0: Yes. Oh, okay. Which is great, because I'm sure you know the second book ends on a massive cliffhanger
1: yes you've you've mentioned that
0: massive but yeah. i
1: don't know what the cliffhanger is, and and there which is fine
0: there is no way for you to predict that
1: fine i yeah. can't predict shit anyway you're
0: just like ah there's there's lots of there's lots of screaming it's it's excellent it's absolutely fantastic so basically your thoughts of you you really enjoyed this book uh, yeah I do I really I really enjoy this book I enjoy the world building I enjoy vampires out of nowhere Um, I, I like that it's new adult I like that you can cuss and you know you can say fuck and you have spicy scenes and I like I like that the spicy scenes aren't ex, like explicit like sploogy sexy scenes because Poppy is like on the younger side um, and Castile is a little bit older so i i like that there's a kind of a little distance there that we're not getting all of the like throbbing thrusting fluids we, you fluids. Know, you know you don't you don't need that in every book and I, and i like that's how that this book is um i i
1: did i like sometimes you know i i get that i literally just finished silver flames but i don't need all of that all the time,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and I and I feel like it's safe to say that a lot of people feel the same, you know. Like it,
0: it is what it is. I like the sexual tension. The banter is a plus. I like the teasing. I like that there's a smutty journal. Uh, I um, this we didn't mention this, but I like that Hawk recites the smutty journal in front of her. She take he takes it from her and starts reading out loud, and she's like, "Oh my god, and she's so embarrassed. I love that because I would also die if if I was reading like a smutty book in public and somebody like took it from me and started reading it out loud. I'd die.
1: And it's not just somebody. It's somebody she has a crush on. Yeah. Prior to this, it's somebody that she's totally into and that he's like feeding into it, too. And he's just, oh, I didn't know that you. this is what you were into.
0: And she's like, oh, I'm just going to crawl in my hole and die. We love it. We love it. Um. I love Castile. I I love Castile as Castile, the most. But I also like Castile as Hawk. Uh, I like I like. Does he the, change
1: much? Does he still have? Does he still keep that banter and flirtiness, or does he just come like? Or is he just more into his? I'm the prince.
0: The banter and flirting and teasing never stops. Oh, good, that's that's all I.
1: I don't care. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it, it's it's wonderful. I I just, I really like them. I, I like where it goes. I like that there's like werewolves. It's just, it was just really unexpected and an absolute delight. And I'm really looking forward to the third one, obviously. But I'm also, I'm halfway through my reread of the second one, so obviously I enjoy the series. I haven't read other books by JLA, um, just because of time wise with our schedule and everything. But with her. One series being made into, I'm pretty sure it's a movie. I'm sure I'll pick that up at some point. So, yes, I like this book. I like the series. Excited all around.
1: Yay. So feel free to follow us on Instagram, um, acafe Podcast, I-C-O-F-A-E. Follow us on TikTok, Cafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. We're pretty active on there. So, give us a follow, give us a shout out, give us um, some comments, what you want to hear us continue to talk about. And I mean, we know that we have the calendar out in our highlights on our Instagram, but um, we look forward to just continuously engaging with everyone. Thanks. Thanks for listening.